2: BMF. BMF. how do we like our mother effers we like it bad
3: <laughs> <laughs> i was not ready for that introduction but the FC is uh back in the beehive state Salt Lake City, Utah, the site of UFC 291, and yes, the aforementioned BMF title on the line in the main event. The highly anticipated anticipated rematch between Dustin Poirier and Justin Gaethje. We got Alex Pereira moving up to 205 pounds to take on a former champion in Jan Bohovic, And the whole main card, as great as it looks on paper... Not official just yet. We will get to that in a moment as we welcome you to the live UFC 291 preview show here at MAFighting.com. I am Mike Heck. Joining me, my bald brethren, the wise wordsmith, the man, Shaheen Alshadi. What's up, Shaheen?
4: What's going on, Mike Heck? Oh, man. I, Casey got me a little more excited than usual after this. Uh, got a rep for my man, John Anik One nice. more sleep. First ju- first Poirier Gaethje was in Phoenix. It was a banger
3: fight of the year. Got to rep the Phoenix shirt for my man, John Anand. And also joining back from vacation, my best friend, Alexander Kaylee. Where is he? There he is. Oh, see, biggest Ultimate Fighter fan you'll ever find. And we can't hear what you're saying. The you're muted, AK. I've
5: got my dolls here. I've got my. I'm trying to reach. They're a little bit further away. They're a little, uh, don't worry, guys. I might reach back and have some proper twelve or some uh, stout in the middle of the show. But uh, I'll keep things for fresh. Don't worry about that.
4: You broke AK. into Connor's house. It looks like. <laughs> we
5: hang out. No, we, we we were hanging out and watching uh, Tough again. We 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 watch it separately first. We do the show. We do Tough Hang, and then later in the week we get together and just watch it again, just for fun, like just to enjoy it
3: sounds like uh a- apparently you came back to a great episode of tough ak oh it's fantastic best fights in the history of the show Boy. right
5: guys watch this week's tough hang if you want to hear how enthusiastic i was about the latest episode of the ultimate fighter 31.
3: well i'll tell you Very. what we're not going to see we, we are not going to see what <laughs> Roosevelt roberts and austin hubbard did in the main event tomorrow we are going to see dustin poirier versus justin gaethje get after it one more time potentially for 25 more minutes and ak as we mentioned at the beginning, the whole main card is not official yet. Michelle Pereira missed weights by a whole bunch. And as of right now, the fight with Steven Wonderboy Thompson, not official, Wonderboy made weight. So we have no idea what's going on there. I think, one, I think we're all under the assumption that it will happen, but Wonderboy has been in this position before. I'm sure we'll talk about this in a moment. But AK, as far as the main card goes, sometimes... We're like, oh, this main event is great, but the rest of the undercard is not fantastic. This main card, if everything stays intact, it is pretty damn good. Let's, we haven't heard a gymnastic scale from you in quite some time. So what is your gymnastic scale for UFC 291? Most specifically uh, the main card. First off,
5: I'm just throwing up a little poll here. Uh, From 1 to 10, how much do you care about the BMF belt? So 10 eight to nine, six to seven and five or less. So let's just throw that throw a little poll up there for the people see how they're feeling about the uh, BMF. Cause this is, this is a great rematch no matter what uh headlining this card. And, uh, again, I don't know if the BMF aspect is adding anything to people for people. I mean, there's some talk about, you know, the winner very likely getting a title shot at some point. Uh, but overall the card I agree I love the main card the main card is great from a name value standpoint I think the matchups on paper are excellent I know we'll dive a bit deeper into all of them uh, as, as the show goes on so love the main card I actually really like the prelims too I think I mentioned it on to the next one Mike I know uh some people might be looking at some of these names and unfamiliar with some of these names but again as far as matchmaking goes I think they put together the right combinations for uh good back and forth fights we could see some exciting finishes so this to me is a is a solid solid pay-per-view card uh in the year of our Lord 2023 I'm gonna go 9.2 on paper 9.2 maybe that's too low I don't know if you are just talking about the main card if you're just playing sit down for the main card you might rate it even higher but um for I guess I'll, I'll ding it not really ding it but it would be a little bit more if uh you know there was an undisputed title on the line something like that but again I always say belts are props rankings are just numbers as from what we know the fighters that have been scheduled for this card it looks like there's a lot of potential for this to be memorable so uh, i love it i'll I'll go i'll go 9.2
3: shaheen not a lot to complain about here if you're dropping 85 bucks and there is a compelling story to every single one of these fights and for more i would say like 60 percent or higher I have no idea what the hell is going to happen in either of these fights. Like, they're so compelling in that way. Obviously, we, starting from the main event and even Kevin Holland, Michael Chiesa. I have no idea what Michael Chiesa is going to look like, and I have no idea how Kevin Holland is going to look. Is he going to be able to stop takedowns? Is he going to be able to finish a guy like Michael Chiesa? Like, there's so many different aspects to all of these fights. There's not much we can ding on this main card, right? Like, if you're spending 85 bucks, I feel like, at least on paper, we're going to get our money's worth here, are we not? No, absolutely. I, I, Ak, I think you're probably
4: even a little bit low on the rating there, right? Like you look up and down all five of these fights, it's just tremendous. Like there's, it, like it's just excitement up and down. I mean, maybe there's a chance that the co-main, Yanukovych uh, sort of goes the Izzy route with that fight, and maybe that's a boring, it becomes a, a frustrating or boring one. But for the most part, like all all five of these fights are stellar. They're all sort of action packed or action oriented, we should say. And I mean, I mean the the main event, like. The blood gods love nothing more than to bathe in our tears whenever we get too hyperbolic about things like this, right? Like every time we've ever said beforehand, oh, this is going to be fight of the year. Feels like we probably curse ourselves with this. This is like the one fight that you just can't really do that with. Like this does feel like it's going to be, if not fight of the year, it's going to be on every possible list for top five fight of the year. If it plays out in the way that we expect. I mean, both these two gentlemen over the course of their careers have just done nothing but this, right? Like you you look at the last, uh, I think what, I, I, I looked this up, it was since 2012. So what's that, like 11 years, really 10 years, because you haven't done the, the awards for 2023. Combined Dustin Poirier, Justin Gaethje, five fight of the year awards from this website since 2012, including their first fight in 2018, that one fight of the year. And that's impressive, but then if you just take out one, one sole fact, right? Take out that three year run, where the most exciting fighter of all time, Mr. Robbie Lawler, Bob Violence, dominated that category. Take out those three years. 50% of the remaining years over that span for fight of the year have featured either Justin Poirier or Justin Gaethje in the top fight of the year spot. Basically a coin flip that these guys would be involved in the fight of the year. And if you wanna go even further, just this past six years alone, right? Just six year time span. Nine combined appearances on our yearly top five lists for these two gentlemen that's obscene like this is as surefire of a monopoly on violence as we've seen uh in mma from these two gentlemen and and this is going to deliver like i feel like you're not you can't curse it this is going to be tremendous and i was in the arena for that first fight and it was tremendous and this one's going to be good too
3: yeah and you throwing out all those stats just tells me that dustin poirier is vastly underrated in these conversations because it's always like Robbie lawler justin gaethje there's no other guy that could be on that list and dustin poirier has been a part of so many bangers from the Dan Hooker fight, all the, from the Gaethje fight to the Hooker fight, all the way up. All the way up to where we're at right now. He's just, Korean Zombie he was just, like
4: 2012. That's insane. That one
3: fight of the year, man. Like, he's been doing this. He's, he does this. This is what he does. This is what he does. And this is such an interesting matchup, Shaheen. Because, you, like you said, you were there for the first one. It was a car crash. And this was five years ago. Over five years ago. So now these two are going to get after it a little bit better. Justin Gaethje still has that style, but... He's more controlled now, and it was since the the Dustin Poirier loss. That's when things started to, to turn a little bit for him. Poirier just continues to get better, continues to be more well-rounded, and both these guys are just so much better than they were five years ago. So if you can kind of lay out how you feel this fight's going to go, do you feel like it's going to be – like how similar do you think it's going to be to the first one? Do you think it's going to be a little more technical? Like I know it's almost impossible to answer, but – If you could sort of imagine, if someone was like, Shaheen, bet on how this fight's going to play out. How are you going to try to put that into words?
4: I mean, violence is the one word that I would throw because that's the only guarantee, right? Because I feel like both these guys, this is so intriguing to me and a lot of other people, I would imagine, because both these men find themselves in such identical circumstances, right? Both 34 years old, both very much sort of, this is like the last gasp this is the last good run if you're going to make a run to that undisputed title which appears so important for both of these guys we've even heard it this week them talking about you know bmf is cool as a legacy fight but like ultimately it doesn't matter if you don't win that undisputed title both these guys have interim on their resume and that i would imagine is not good enough for either of them they're going to try to approach this i would say both of them in a way that would appear to be far more technical than the first fight but the thing is is that both of them just AK, I know you love it. They got that dog in them. They really got that dog in them. They got many dogs in them. And all it's going it to take don't. is a little... <laughs> they absolutely do, and you, you... That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. This is the one fight where you can acknowledge they got the dog in them. They have and, human and, and, organs and, inside of them. Do you, have you seen the x-rays?
5: No, I haven't. I bet a lot of people are going to post them on uh, on Saturday night. It was hilarious X-ray of the friggin' dog in there. I, I, I
4: can send them to. You. I'll, I'll slack them over to you. It'll yeah, be really thanks, good. Thanks. yeah, thanks, thanks, thanks. Not But it's just the thing of like I would imagine both these guys are going to try to approach this much more technical than usual, right? Especially you know Justin. We've seen this from him of sort of towing this line between chaos and, and technique and sort of being uh, not the the Justin that was doing insane shit with Luis Palomino, but sort of like becoming that that medium ground, right? between that Between those two things. But the thing is, this is just so important to both of these men. Like the result of this fight is so deeply important to both of their careers and sort of what's left that I can imagine that the moment either one of them feels like they're down, the moment either one of them gets in trouble, all bets are out the window and we're just gonna go back to to what these two dudes do best, which is just brawl the hell out of other people and just turn things into absolute mayhem. So, like I, I'm sure this will be some sort of uh measured fight for, for at least a little bit at the beginning, but the moment some S goes down, like all bets are off, and I think we're just gonna see absolute chaos. And I'm 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 so excited for it.
3: What do you think, AK? How do you think this If we compare it to the first one, is this going to be, like, at the end of it, and I know this is a sport where immediate things happen, We're like, oh, this is the best thing we've ever seen. Are you confident that this fight is actually going to exceed the expectations that the first one gave us? Is there a chance that this one's actually better? Do you feel like it will be better than the first one?
5: Yeah, yeah, there's a good chance. I mean, the the worst thing, the worst prediction you make for this fight, because Shaheen was, you know, guaranteeing that it's going to be a great fight, and I'm willing to make that guarantee, too we've get we've seen crazier things we've said we've had fights in the past that we said for sure is gonna end in a knockout for sure it's gonna end up be a banger and it doesn't happen I'm very very comfortable saying that this will be an entertaining fight is it, it the worst thing you can say is that oh it won't live up to the first one and that's fine the first fight was amazing the first fight was probably I don't know one of the 25 best fights ever it's an it's an amazing fight uh or or it'll end in we won't get a five round fight we'll get like a or even a four round fight like last time we'll get like a, a, a knockout in the first round or second round. And who can complain about that? You know, it would be it'll be a little bit deflating. I do think we want to see these two warriors, these two legends go at least three rounds. I think you'd at least, you know, want to see it go into the fourth again. Uh, but if it doesn't, how can you complain? How can you complain if not Poirier knocks out Justin Gaethje or, or vice versa? Justin Gaethje just adds to his insane highlight reel with a knockout of Poirier, right? Like I'm confident it'll go past, at least go past the second round. But if it doesn't, it's not the worst thing. Again, we'll just say it didn't live up to the first one. Uh, as far as how, how it'll play out i do think it it just logically will have to start off a little bit slower um just because again both guys older wiser i believe Justin engage when he says you know he's sort of learned to channel his emotions better especially ahead of this fight he knows how important that'll be um you know a, a, against someone that has beaten him before that he did not not lose his composure but someone who figured him out you know if you watch that first fight that one in the eddie alvarez fight both kind of had a similar rhythm where uh, Alvarez and Poirier, you know, they, they they weathered the storm. They 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 took all the data from the from the first couple of rounds, and then they eventually pulled away and and, and finished Gaethje. So is aware of that. He knows why he's lost the fights that he's lost in the past. So I think it'll be a little more methodical. I think we saw some of that in the Fazee, in the physique fight, which was a really good fight. But I think you did see a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, a hint of like the kinder, gentler, uh, just in Gaethje. But I also agree with Shaheen that that can only last so long. At some point, uh, someone makes you bleed your own blood, and then you just got to start going nuts. So I think it's going to be an amazing fight. I would be surprised if it lives up to the first one, but just because the first one was so good. Not not because I think this fight would be bad, just because the first one was so good. But uh, that doesn't mean that this won't still be one of the best fights of, of 2023. So uh, I'm totally looking forward to it. And uh, I think it'll be different a, a different in a good way.
4: It you just means so to much God. to him. It, yeah. like, it, like it just means so much to both guys, right? Like this is like, we have, we have so much experience with both these gentlemen at this point. And I think Justin, like you, you brought this up at the beginning, but like Dustin is almost underrated as a lightweight, underrated historically, but also like underrated as being this guy willing to get into these incredible firefights and these exciting fights that we remember forever. Like he has him littered up and down his resume. Like this just means so much to both of these men and both of them are still so durable at this stage in their career, like, I don't know, man, this is just, this is as good as it gets, right? Like, like maybe a title's not on the line. Maybe this isn't the most important fight of all time, but God damn, I can't wait to see just what happens when they, when you
3: lock these two guys in the cage together. First of all, how dare you? There is a title on the line. It's the BMF title in case he just sang <laughs> about missing. it. The entire <sighs> uh, but we, but Shaheen, you, you talked about what this means to both guys we know where the winner is going. The winner is going to fight the winner of Islam Makachev versus Charles Oliveira too. Even no matter who wins, the winner of this fight is going to get that shot at the belt. And there's a very good chance that it will be the very last time that this whoever wins this fight is going to fight for the undisputed title. I hate going this negative, but it's a fascinating part of the story and how this fight could actually play out, Shaheen. But where does the loser of this fight go? Like, this is we're all gonna the way we think this fight's gonna go. We're all gonna pray. We're gonna praise both these guys up the wazoo. Holy cow! What a fight! Incredible performance. Guts from both guys. Both have the dog in them. Sorry, AK. I'll say it again. But <laughs> there are big stakes here. Not just for the winner, but if Gaethje or Poirier loses fight, the door is almost closed on fighting for a belt now. Because eventually, these hungry up and comers are gonna have to get their shots. Like I don't know how much longer we can wait. Is this it? Like, is there? Are they? Are they putting their title hopes at 155, barring something insane, on the line here tomorrow night?
4: Yeah. they. I mean, they realistically are, right? Because you, you said, Mike, like a sea change is coming at 155. This is inevitable at this point. We see it already approaching fast with the Gamrots and the Fizyavs and the Sarukians and just all of the incredible talent that is coming up at 155, that is just sort of bubbling in that 20 to 15 to 10 range. These guys who are fighting each other and just can't really get their opportunity. That era is coming, and it's coming fast. And at a certain point, all of these guys are going to start getting phased out. We're watching it right now, as much as it pains me to say, we're watching it happen with Tony Ferguson. Like, like he is being fed to the wolves consistently to sort of prop up these other people. It's just the end of the line for some of these guys. Dustin Poirier and Justin Gaethje, I wouldn't say it's the end of the line for them, but I would say they can both see it coming and they both speak very, um, with, with incredible self-awareness about that, right? Like we have heard them all throughout the week, all throughout the lead up to a lot of their fights recently, just speak about the damage that they've taken, uh, the, the knowledge that the window is closing and that, you know, both guys, 34 years old, like this is it. Especially a fight like this. Like, I would imagine the winner of this fight is not coming away scot-free, Scott right? Like, they're not coming away clean. They're taking more damage. Both these gentlemen have taken immense damage over the course of their career. The, the bottom drops out fast, man. Tony Ferguson was the best in the world on 12-fight win streak until all of a sudden he wasn't. And he hasn't won since, and he hasn't even really looked competitive since. It's outside of brief flashes. Like, on these lower weight classes, we talk about it all the time. Things happen quickly, man. And at some point, that Reaper is coming for Dustin and Justin. So like, this is it. This is realistically it. And again, what that's going to bring out of them um, is so exciting to me. But also, I will say, I I don't know that I'll have a a chance to mention this. I just want to bring this aside. I've mentioned this on a show before, but the symmetry between these two guys is dizzying with how bizarre it is at this point because here's Dustin Poirier's rem- re- resume since 2008 when these guys won fight of the year against each other six and two in the UFC four finishes two decisions victory over Michael Chandler interim belt that he captured over a man who had a 12 fight win streak who had angel wings tattooed on his back and the only losses over that span were submissions in title losses uh to Khabib Nurmagomedov and, and Charles Oliveira you want to know Justin Gaethje's resume since 2018. <laughs> Six and two UFC record four finishes two decisions victory over Michael Chandler interim belt captured over a man with a 12 fight win streak and angel wings tattooed on his back <laughs> only losses over that span submissions and title losses to Khabib and Charles Oliveira it's just ridiculous we're living in a simulation I I, I cannot believe uh, the rose that these two gentlemen have taken it's just very bizarre and it just makes this fight even better for me
3: yeah, Dustin Poirier said it best. They're on a collision course. There's just no, there was just no way to avoid it. This 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 fight just had to happen again. A.K. do Do you feel like the stakes are dire here for both guys? If Poirier wins, we know where he's going. But if Gaethje loses, is he just out of the title picture? Same with Dustin if he loses. Do you feel like they're fighting for their title hopes maybe for the rest of their careers here? Well,
5: Casey brought this up earlier. He's uh, uh, on the weigh-in Show, which we did uh, today. He's a bit concerned that Gaethje might even consider retirement. Um, he said he said he's kind of like given mixed signals on that after uh, a recent fight. Which uh, producer Casey? Which fight? Well, he sent me the uh, he sent me an over here after UFC. What was this? His last fight, two eighty six. Uh, after UFC two eighty six, he mentioned something about you know uh, his next fight could be the last one or something to that effect. But he's also said that laid out a plan of like uh oh i might have five more fights in me so he's kind of you know gone in between i i personally don't think he would retire uh i'm trying to think of a scenario where if he if he has if he came out and had like a really disappointing performance like not just lost a lopsided fight but lost like a like a a, a dull fight i think i think being in an unexciting fight it would really hurt him the most if so somehow he just you know he wasn't able to pull the trigger i think that's the time that he would go like oh man i i gotta step away if he goes if he goes on his shield that's not going to discourage him but if if we see if we somehow get the worst case scenario which again shaheen and i have said is essentially impossible where it's kind of like an uneventful five-round fight and gaichi loses um then, I, then he might have to do some soul searching so uh i i personally don't think this kills his title hopes i don't think this kills his chance as a contender i think i think that is open for at least another two years uh even if he loses to Pore on saturday he there's a lot of good matchups for him and and with his name value his history uh what he brings to the octagon every time he steps in there he's really only like two big wins away from ever fighting for that title again also depending who has the title that da. so there's things in his way but I don't think that Saturday is do or die for him or Pori. I, I don't think it marks like well th- this this is going to decide not just who the number contender is but who you know won't be a contender again I'm not quite buying into that narrative I think both guys have if they choose to have plenty of uh, good fights ahead of them against top five, top ten guys. So, stakes are high, but not, I don't think, life or death high. Uh, career life or death, that is.
3: Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't think it's like career life or death, because, like you mentioned, yeah. like, either guy, they're a fun fight. It's like, either one of them against, like, Pori Holloway, again, sure. Gaethje Holloway, like, incredible. Connor at some point. You know, there's there's Nate. Like, I'm sure both those guys would love to fight Oliveira again. Like, championship or not, like, there are big fights for them, and there are potential headlining opportunities and chances to still make money in the sport. But in terms of actually getting to an undisputed title, we're not even mentioned. Like the Volkanovskis eventually wanting to go back up there and challenge again. Like the road is just really long. And do these guys want to put themselves through the ringer to get back there after everything they've gone through? Gaethje especially, and Shaheen Gaethje is such an interesting guy because. Like he said, the words like hey, I got like five fights in me. But then if you ask him about it, he'll clarify and be like, no, I, I I just said I have five more wars left in me. And then if you ask him like how many ticks on the the, the boxes that he's actually checked off since the Michael Johnson fight or the Pori fight, he'll say one. He'll say just like just the Charles Oliveira fight is checked off. Like he doesn't consider the Fazie fight a war. He doesn't consider the Michael Chandler fight a war. Like this guy. I don't understand like how he's just like, nah, those aren't wars. (laughs) But the four minutes I went with Charles Oliveira, that was a war, my friend. The, the mold of which this man is cut. It's just, it's unreal Shaheen. It's just unreal.
4: I have forever been in amazement of it. I mean, I'm an Arizona guy. Um, I've, I've, spoken I've known Justin to a certain degree and, and spoken to him for the majority of his career dating all the way back to when he was just a prospect in world series of fighting and he was still doing this and I remember in those early days it was before he was in the UFC asking him like just w- what does it feel like for you when you're in there like what do you what are you even like experiencing like what are the the, the feelings going through you like what are, what is your brain telling you when you're in these insane wars with Luis Palomino and Twelve thousand people sound like hundred thousand people, and it's just this—you're you're basically making these buildings shake like an earthquake because of what you're doing in there. And he's always just been so—I don't know—like nonplussed about it. Like it's just not a big deal. Like it's—it's we—we said this thing with with Robbie Lawler. I don't remember if this was on a da- the dam we did with him or or the post show or whatever. But like they in a in a different life, Justin Gaethje is wearing. Uh, you know, like the skulls of his enemy on his head as a helmet, and just leading people into battle with his battle axe, and just marauding over Europe. Like he is just, like you're you're afraid to see him on the battlefield because some people are just wired differently, and both these guys are. To to Dustin's credit as well, he falls under that category. But I mean, Justin Gaethje is top two most exciting fighter of all time like you put on the most exciting mount rush it's robbie Lawler, justin gaethje those two spots are secured and then everyone else can go ahead and fight for the rest of those two spots like that's just who this guy is um i think every single one of his ufc fights except for one maybe uh he's gotten some sort of post-fight bonus like it, it doesn't make sense to me um it's never made sense to me but i certainly appreciate it but for a guy like them, like he has a different bar or barometer for these type of things, right? I think all of us would consider the Physio fight a war that's going to be on our fight of the year list. That's probably one of the, if not, a top three fight of the year right now. Like I would, it's it's in the conversation, and for him to just dismiss that is like, ah, hey, you know, that's just another fight. Like that would be the most exciting fight of some people's careers, and for Justin Gaethje, it's like twelfth, you know. That's just who this guy is. Like it's it's why we love him so much.
3: AK over under one and a half takedown attempts in this fight.
4: Uh takedown
5: attempts, I'm gonna go under. Under. I, I'd be surprised if we even saw like a like a you know instinct I- instinct takedown, like a reactionary takedown. These two guys, I don't even necessarily think it's I'm not even gonna go and say like, oh, they have some unspoken agreement that they're gonna stand and bang. I just think that's that's how the fight's gonna play out. I don't think they're I don't think either guy is ever gonna see a need. Uh, during the fight to take the other guy down I, I think even if they get in trouble they're both again they've both been in so many wars they're both technically so sound they know how to they know how to defend they know how to slip out of trouble they know how to punch their way out of trouble if they have to um, i i would be very you said one and a half yeah, I'm oh, yeah i gotta go under i, I think because i think i'll just say zero zero i don't think we see a takedown attempt uh it'd be fun to watch i always love watching dustin Poirier grapple I always love watching uh, Justin Gaethje's takedown defense. You know those things are entertaining in their own way. But I just don't, I just don't foresee a scenario where it would have to happen. And certainly, if this was a, this was a, I have to bet. You know, if I have twenty bucks and I have to bet on it, uh, I'm def- I'm definitely going the under. So, with respect to these guys and their ability to mix the martial arts, because uh, Justin Poirier certainly can. Justin Gaethje, I mean, hasn't really had to as much offensively, but uh, defensively. Certainly has the acumen for it. Uh, this can going to be standing, banging, and uh, just a beautiful, again, at times a beautiful striking battle, at times a beautiful brawl. And in the end, again, however long it goes uh, against me, a super memorable rematch with uh, minimal mixing of the martial arts.
3: Shaheen, same question. And I'm also going to add one more to your pile. Will the altitude play any factor in this fight at all? It has to, right?
4: like I don't I don't know how it doesn't because it exists the, the 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 fact that it exists means it's going to add some sort of factor I mean both these guys are, are cardio monsters right like we we do not see Dustin Poirier fade we do not see Justin Gaethje fade at least later in this later stage of his career Justin very much is a pace monster just like Dustin I I think that's one element to this fight that I'm glad you brought up because I don't think a lot of people are talking about it enough. I mean, both these gentlemen have built careers or at least sort of where they are now on that fact that they're going to be pushing the pace. They're going to be in your face. They're just going to not give you an ounce uh, of room to breathe, not a half second for you to collect your thoughts. Like They're just going to be doing the damn thing to you the entire time. So if you're pushing a pace like that at the altitude that they will, I don't see how that doesn't play into the factors but i would say also both these guys are incredibly smart with their preparation justin someone who has trained for a long time with trevor whitman in colorado so he is no no he's not foreign to the idea of altitude dustin's incredibly intelligent with his preparation i have to imagine he's factored that in to some degree um so i would I, i think it will play a factor um but i think that factor may just be that they sort of warm themselves into this as we've said already, where the first round, maybe even the second round is sort of a feeling out process before we get to the fireworks. Uh, And then the last, you know, two, three, four rounds are sort of when things get going. I could see something like that. But I don't think either of these guys are going to just get gassed out and and lose in that way. I mean, that's just not who they are. You might say they got that dog. Will we get a takedown attempt in this fight, Shaheen? Maybe in like a way that like Justin took down Faziv, right? Where it's kind of like, I'm just going to do this to, to be funny. Because it doesn't really matter at this point. Like I could see that where it's like the very end of the fourth round going into the fifth, and Justin's like, you know, I'm just going to do this because I I understand how to do it, just to to throw a little wrench in the mix. But I mean, nah, no, that's not who these guys are. We've we've seen it time and time again. Trevor Whitman's been calling for Justin to use his damn wrestling, of which he is very good at. He competed for a state championship uh here in Arizona with in wrestling. Like he knows how to do this. Trevor Whitman's been trying to get this guy to do this for. His entire career. It's just if it's not going to happen now, it's not going to ha- happen ever. Uh, no, I, I would
3: go under on that. All right. Well, let's just get right to the picks here. Right now, according to our friends at DraftKings, Dustin Poirier minus one forty five favor the comeback on Justin Gaethje plus one twenty five. I think, AK, from a betting perspective, whoever the underdog is, I think you have to take a shot at him if you're going to bet straight on this fight. But we're not doing that here. Who do you got? Is it Dustin Poirier going two and O against Justin Gaethje or does Gaethje get one back?
5: I used to have a pretty firm rule that I wouldn't pick against Justin Gaethje uh, in any fight that I expected to stay on the feet, you know, for an extended period of time. But that was, that was before the Eddie Alvarez fight. That was before the first Dustin Poirier fight. So now that I, you know, now that I've seen it and that I've seen that he can lose a stand up battle, uh, it's hard for me to shake that. It's hard for me to shake that. Um, Again, this is this is a second fight. It's really I always say it's it's so hard to beat someone twice like in MMA like especially when the first fight was was pretty competitive. Um so obviously I'm leaning towards Poirier. Uh I just think he has the formula. I think he has the skill set to beat Justin Gaethje. It, it, we, whenever whenever we talk about how good Dustin is and how he beat Justin in the first fight, it sounds like we're like um Taking away from Justin's skills, Justin's a great. He's a great technical fighter too. He's certainly known more for his slugfest, known more for that just one punch bomb knockout power he has. Well, also, oh, the, the light kicks breaking people down. He's he has, but he has great technical striking ability, right? um It's just, I just, I think Poirier just has the edge there. And if unless, unless you're assuming that uh Justin Gaethje has made some sort of leap, well beyond Poirier, like I assume they've both gotten better since the first fight, obviously. Then I then I then I have to go with the guy who won the first one because I, I just don't think that Justin has has surpassed him. It's it's really difficult. Like this is the kind of guys I'd love to see them fight 10 times before I definitively said, like, oh Poirier, you know, owns Justin gates or Justin Gates owns Justin Poirier. That's not how combat sports works, right? At best, you maybe get four fights with someone and in MMA that's super rare. It might happen in boxing MMA very, very uncommon, except for what Moreno and Figueroa. So this is probably the last time these two guys ever fight. And it's possible that this is more of a coin toss matchup than I'm giving it credit for. But again, if I have to make an educated guess, then I'm going with the guy who won the first fight because I think he can do it the same way. Uh this this way, this time round, excuse me. And like the previous fight, I think it goes past the third round and Poirier by TK KO TKO round four or five. I'll say I'll say round four again.
3: Yeah, what a fight that 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 sounds like it's gonna be, AK. Okay. Shaheen, uh-huh. are you with him? Is it two and O Poirier or Justin Gaethje exact some revenge and even the feud. No, I mean, AK
4: said this is almost a coin flip, but I think this very much just is a coin flip, right? Like this, you could you could stage this fight 10 different times on uh, 10 different nights, and I think it's five and five ultimately at, at the stage of where these guys are in their career. For me, it's tough to pick against Dustin. I mean, we've seen the type of fighters that, that defeat Justin in sort of this prime run that he's on. I would consider him still right now in his prime. Um, it's not It's not the type of fighter like Justin, right? Like it's, it's, it's someone who's more wrestling based, someone who's going to smother him, someone who's going to really negate a lot of his best strengths and not meet him at his best strengths, a, a guy like a Habib or a Charles Oliveira. Um, whereas we've seen Justin uh, sort of come out just slightly behind in these type of matchups. It's tough for me. I mean, having been in the arena, I picked Justin the first time around. I, I was pretty confident that Justin was going to get it done. Dustin Poirier proved me wrong. At this point, it's hard for me to pick against Dustin, considering exactly what AK said. You know, they, Both these guys have grown, I would say leaps and bounds for, for over the last five years, but they are still essentially who they are. And I think once the chips are down, they will revert back to that. And I just think Dustin is so adept at winning these type of, of just brawls, right? These type of firefights of what we expect this, this to be. Like he is so good at just digging down in himself and finding a different level that, that just like normal humans don't possess on, a, on a, almost like a supernatural level and we've seen him do it time and time again i could just see this being a fight where justin gaethje comes out very motivated very technical wins maybe round one or two dustin poirier at some point swings the momentum back maybe lands a big shot gains the momentum and we're going into round five two two absolutely tied and then dustin poirier just by by a strict attrition essentially just just takes out J- justin gaethje in the closing minutes, maybe even in the closing minute, and gets a round five TKO, and it's just like some epic encounter that we will remember forever. That's sort of where I'm going with
3: it. So I I do uh, Dustin Poirier, round five TKO. It's funny, like the more I think about this fight and how it can play out, and I'll reiterate, I have no idea how it's going to play out, but the more I think about it, I feel like, Shaheen, you're, like, I'm kind of with you. This This, to me, like, I feel like, I feel like Robbie Lawler, Rory McDonald gets more shine than Robbie Lawler, Carlos Condit. Even though from a like a technical aspect, the Condit fight is is the better fight. But there's just so many other intangibles that makes the Rory fight stand out. And I feel like the Rory fight is kind of going to be compared to the first fight that these two guys had, Pori and Gaethje. And I feel like this one is going to be more Robbie Lawler, Carlos Condit, where it is super even, heading into round five, and then it's just absolute chaos in the fifth round. Attrition, nuts. I have a feeling that we're going to come on the post-fight show and there's going to be a bunch of fans out there who bet on Justin Gaethje, had a Justin Gaethje ticket, that are going to be pissed and screaming robbery and all of this. But we will calm you all down by talking about just how electric and fantastic the fight actually was. So with that said, I'm going Dustin Poirier. Dustin Poirier in a split decision, crazy fight. Fifth round will be round of the year. It'll be one of those types of things where we will look back on this fight as fond as the first one, but in a different kind of a way, if that makes sense. So sign me up for all of these options that myself and these two gentlemen put out there. But I think we're all on Dustin Poirier squeaking it out somehow in a very competitive wild fight, Shaheen.
4: I'm surprised.
3: I'm calling, calling a visit
5: to, to Splitty City. He says, Splitty City, I'm on my way. Wow. I,
4: I am so going. surprised that all three of us are, are aligned on this. I kind of expected some dissension. Let me just throw this to you, gentlemen. Where would If I give you an over-under of where this will end up on MMA Fighting's Fight of the Year list by the end of the year, 2.5, that's the over-under. So if you go under, it's top. it's top two. Over, it's not. Gun to your head. Over-under 2.5, what do you think? It's gonna be number two.
5: Uh, over, I think it'll be top. Th- I think it won't be any higher. Th- I, 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 I'm gonna. It's gonna have to be really good to pass again. Islam and uh, Volkanovski, and I loved uh, Moreno and uh, Pantoja so much. So I, 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 if it passes that, I'll be blown away. Yeah, I, I just I think
3: that one's there's a good. I'm. A, I think it's gonna be the number two. I think it'll end up number two. I think it'll beat Moreno Pantoja only because, like, even if it's even if it's like equal to that fight, more people will remember this fight more than Moreno Pantoja. As unfair that as it was, like that was part of one of the best cards we've ever seen. Volkanovski stole a lot of the headlines and all of that. I I feel like Moreno Pantoja is not going to get the respect it probably deserves come year end, especially with five, four, four full months left to go. There's going to be other fights that come along that might bury that one back a little more, but I think with all the pageantry, the card that it's on, the build that this one had, the anticipation leading into tomorrow, I just feel like when we when we just think of fight of the year, we're going to think of volkanovsky makachev and we're going to think of this fight, just because of the, the pageantry surrounding it. I agree with you. I think it'll be too. Yeah, I can't wait. But not a bad place to be. Not a bad place to be. We, there's just no co- – I have n- – I mean, And I'll say this again. I have no idea what's going to happen. Justin Gaethje could come out and just 50-45 Dustin Poirier. Nothing would surprise me. Poirier can knock Gaethje out in a minute. Gaethje can knock Poirier out in a minute. None of these things would be shocking. None of them. And that's what makes this fight so compelling. Much like the co-main event, Shaheen. Now, oh, uh, Mike, there is Mike, a- before you before oh, you move
5: on, I'd say you notice we barely mentioned the BMF belt while we were talking about the main event because it's um,
4: tangential it doesn't matter it it I, I matters we're
5: not the only ones who don't care it, uh the poll it matters
4: to one people oh oh
5: guys five forty, forty-eight. 48 i said just from one to ten how much do you care about the bmf belt and five or less way ahead uh 48 so i think a lot of people are barely even remembering that this thing is on the line this they're just super excited to see these two fight again which is really the whole point of this and uh in, in a five round fight so it doesn't matter. The BMF belt, nice. Hopefully, hey, glad it's getting both guys more money, or I assume that's what it's doing. Uh, but otherwise, yeah, it's just a little trinket. People don't seem super jazzed about it, and why should they
4: be? Because the first time around, it was it was unique. It was a novelty the UFC had never done. It was something very organic that was created by Nate Diaz like at a press conference, and, and the, the fact that the UFC actually went forward with it was like pretty surprising. And so I think at that point, it's like a centerpiece of that that fight with Nate and Jorge. Like this one, it's very it's it's like very obvious and in your face that the UFC just needed to slap a title on this for they for the the uh what they have to deliver to ESPN right like the contractual obligations that they are required for this so I mean I, we all see this for what it is but regardless it's a great fight like you can't
3: make me hate this fight yeah I mean if, if, if you care about it great if you don't then you're like everybody else we barely even mentioned it in the 30 30- 35 minutes we talked about this fight because it's so damn good. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action
0: at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown and through adaptable problem solving. We do just that. Learn more at Marines.com.
3: Jan Bohovic, Alex Pereira going down in the co-main event. Shaheen. Ooh. We talked about all three of us. I believe were on the primer asking if this is the right fight to make and kind of where this division is right now. I feel like it kind of had to be the fight to make, but Alex Pereira, Shaheen still a terrifying individual but he is living his best life this week. Didn't have to cut to 185. D- While all the fighters are cutting weight, Jan Bohovic is probably sweating and running. We got Alex Pereira going live on Instagram, playing cards and smiling and laughing and having a great time. Like this is just a different kind of Alex Pereira. And a lot of people noted that when they faced off after the press conference yesterday, like Pereira was like way bigger than Jan Bohovic in a lot of respects. Like Jan was kind of looking up to Alex Pereira. So has... This week changed your views on this fight, kind of seeing where Pereira's head is at, being kind of jovial, which is not an adjective we usually use to describe Alex Pereira, but he is a very jovial cat. Jan Bojovic just business as usual. Does this change the way you view this fight, just kind of seeing Pereira just smiling more than ever?
4: It scares me. It scares me. <laughs> man, like he may be jovial, but that man is still like stone cold in a way that he is like the most terrifying human being that I've ever come across, or at least one of. He's on a very, very short short list uh, when it comes to that. And I, it's interesting that you mentioned the stare down because I'm I'm extremely curious to see the stare down at today's uh, ceremonial wins, because I feel like the cowboy hat kind of threw some people off the scent for Jan. Like he was wearing boots and a cowboy hat and it almost gave him a little bit of height that was like false height. I'm, I'm really just to see just the stripped down version of what that stare down looks like and how much taller Pereira actually is. Because, you know, they're listed 6'2", 6'4". It feels like it might be a bit more than a couple inches once we actually see it in that, in that context. But I'm, I'm curious to see it. I am so intrigued by this fight in such a a um a, i would say like a real like i just don't understand what we're about to see because you could you could paint a but like so many different scenarios to me and i would believe all of them and i i love the way that the ufc has sort of almost just adopted yamakov as like this guy who's going to introduce these middleweights to light heavyweight it's it's such a bizarre role for him uh but he handles it so well i mean we saw him with luke rockhold he, he Sent Luke called to space with the knockout that he, that he got on him a, lo- a while back. The Izzy out thing. I was one of the only people picking Jan in that fight. It just felt like Izzy the si- hadn't really tackled the size aspect of of, of two hundred five, or really like underestimated the size aspect of two hundred five. Right, like I think he weighed in at like one ninety nine or, or two hundred for that fight. Like it was it was uh, it was way uh, lighter than I what he really realistically should have been to fight someone Jan's size. And i know people keep going back to that fight when, when they're talking about this fight because izzy and alex are so inextricably linked that it's just an obvious jump to make of like you know hey Jan's the one welcoming both guys but alex is just such a naturally bigger dude than izzy that like i don't know that a lot of the comparisons feel apt because he's bigger but also he's like rawer on a uh on an MMA scale, right? Like he is such a raw product in MMA. The fact that he already has the UFC middleweight championship on his resume is just forever bizarre considering the experience that he has in MMA, but he's just so big. Like it is impossible to me to understand forever how this guy ever made 185 in any healthy way and was able to take any form of damage whatsoever and not just get knocked over by the slightest breeze because of the amount of weight that he was cutting like he looks good at 205 he looks big he looks like this was his proper size and you know he got i was talking to you know our, our boy on, on staff eric jackman new york rick big kickboxing guy I, i'm admittedly not a big kickboxing guy so I was, I was asking him like how was alex looking at 205 compared to 185 when he was in glory because he obviously two division champion And he says he got his best win of his kickboxing career at 205 over the best opponent that he faced. And so, like, we have seen this man succeed in combat sports at this weight class. It's just there's always the mystery with Jan, right? Because if you read between the lines, and I don't even know that you need to read between the lines. Like, Jan's almost, like, kind of putting it out there. uh, If you ask him, like, hey, are you going to try to stand with Alex or are you going to do the Izzy route and really, you know, resort to some takedowns if it comes to it? It feels like Jan's kind of showing his hand a little bit of, like, yeah, you know, like... I just need to win, however I can win, and then I can get this title shot, and it'll probably be through wrestling. I don't know—is that wrestling gonna—is he gonna, but ain't gonna be able to get to that wrestling, or is Alex gonna be able to just do something incredibly explosive in there and counteract that? Because that's the thing too—is Alex coming in here with so much more energy, so much more of just enjoying the week and feeling himself and not feeling so depleted? Like I really am curious to see what this two hundred five version of Alex looks like in MMA without the weight cut, and, and also Jan's forty-one man. Like, not a lot of people realize how old this guy is. And, you know, it's 205 heavyweight. Those are the divisions where you can fight older. We saw Glover Teixeira win a title in his 40s. I don't know, man. Jan's 41. At some point, that happens. I I love everything about this fight. I'm so intrigued. And I have no idea where this is headed. Like, again, this could go so many different ways, and I wouldn't be surprised.
3: Yeah. A.K. I mean, obviously, moving up the weight class. Jan Bohovic, stylistically, as Shaheen mentioned at the top of this. This could be a really rough fight to watch if Boholvich starts scoring takedowns early and getting top control and getting really confident with the being able to time takedowns and just using top control. Because like Jan said, if he wants to get a title shot, he's got to win this fight. But I do feel like he has to take a couple more chances and at least be somewhat exciting to at least have Dana go up to the press conference and be like, yeah, man, this dude's going to fight Yuri Perhashka for the title and not well, I don't make fights the night of the fight, so stop asking me those stupid, ridiculous questions. So there's that aspect, AK. And then there's something that people bring up a lot that doesn't really get talked about too much. It's been brought up on Heck of Morning recently. Alex Pereira just got colded real bad in April by Israel Adesanya. And this was not like a flash knockdown in the TKO. This, he was out like a light for, it seemed like, an eternity before he got back to his feet. That was a nasty knockout, and he's coming back a little over three months later to make his 205 debut against a guy who, yeah, I believe his path, a lot of people feel that the path of victory is wrestling, but Jan Behovich has deaded a bunch of dudes too. So what's the thing that stands out most to you about this fight? Is it, are obviously the intrigue's there, but does the, the short turnaround concern you at all considering what happened to Alex Pereira in his last fight? Or do you feel like, well... He's a pro. If he feels he can fight, then I'm not worried about it.
5: Uh, it concerns me, but I think it helps that he's that he is coming back at a higher weight class. I do like that aspect of it. I think the idea of someone getting knocked out as as he did, and then coming back, and then having to go back right into camp and cut weight and and do all that, uh, definitely to me does not sound conducive to recovery. Uh, but if you're telling me that he's he's you know he took that knockout and now he's to, he's doing you know he's going a weight class up we're not so worried about the dehydration and not so worried about these other, he's had a lot of time to focus on other things besides just keeping his weight on point uh it makes me less concerned you i i, I think you should ne- you can never not be worried about a guy uh you know accepting such a high level fight after a loss like that but uh i i'm i'm I, you know listen prayer and his team know better than we do uh, what condition he's in, and, and looks like I said, guys were saying Glover chair was jazzed about the the prospect of this matchup. Maybe, maybe they're wrong. Maybe, maybe they're uh, not diagnosing the situation correctly. But it's worth mentioning. I, I just have I'm a little more comfortable with it because it is at um, it is at a higher weight class. As far as yeah, you know, Jan having to mix the martial arts to really like take advantage of this fight, I I do think. Uh, one going back to the Izzy fight, I don't know if he gets enough credit for somehow he handled himself in the feet in the Izzy fight. I think uh, I will have to watch the fight again, but I've I've certainly watched it a couple times, and if I recall correctly, he actually did like he did pretty well against Izzy in the situation. It wasn't like a fight where Izzy was dominating the feet, and he only won by um taking izzy down i think that's like the, the revisionist history i know no no
4: he he back. won yeah. on the feet like he very he, much yeah won
5: yeah and guys. he sealed it he sealed it in the later rounds with takedowns that's that's what people but people only seem to remember the grappling parts a lot and they go like oh yeah if he wasn't bigger and if he didn't take izzy down he would have lost the fight i'm like that's not really how it played out the difference here is uh izzy does not have that death touch Izzy's a great uh, striker Certainly a guy who knows how to finish a fight. Uh, he had the death touch against Pereira in that last fight, for sure. But in general, I don't think most of us view Izzy as being a death touch guy. So I'm not saying Blankovic could play around with him. But I'm saying there probably was less that fear of getting cracked by, you know, a, a 185er and, and, and getting put down with one shot. Against Pereira, man, th- I mean, that's the magic of this guy, right? Is y- you really get the feeling he could take Blankovic out at any moment. Even you- even if even if the fight's on the feet he's tooling him he's, he's using his range beautifully he's picking him apart there would never not be a moment as long as they were standing that they're like man uh Pereta just needs one good shot he's going to take Jan's head off and and for good reason he's proven it right I, I i like that this is a three-round fight you know if this was if this if they ha- if this fight was made for a vacant title or something instead and it was a five-round fight i'd be even more concerned for Jan because i'd be thinking any like again that's 10 more minutes that alex padeda has to uh to land that kill shot if uh, jan Blachowicz uh, can't finish him so three rounds i think works well uh again jan can take an entire round of grappling if he has to and then uh, and then only needs one more round could be on the feet could be wrestling i i'm just not super convinced that alex Padetta can stop uh can consistently stop Blahovic if he decides to really emphasize the wrestling in this matchup so like you said i'm really intrigued with this i'm almost more intrigued by this fight than i am the main event not necessarily because i think it has potential to be more entertaining i don't know if that's going to happen because if if <laughs> if john tries to get into a back and forth problem with Alex, it just will not be good uh but because again we haven't seen it before because i do think whoever wins this fight is going to be is uh going to be the one half of the, the vacant title fight uh for the light heavyweight belt um and we don't have any sort of such guarantees with uh poor air even though it's likely so i'm i am almost more intrigued by the co-main And uh, even if it does, uh, you know, doesn't kind of play out in the most entertaining fashion.
3: The betting odds right now, um, I mean, it's a it's a pickem really. Alex Pereira minus one fifteen, Jan Bohovic minus one hundred five. It's a freaking coin flip. Shaheen, who wins? Bohovic or Pereira? Oh boy. I mean, two um,
4: one. I said that Jan Bohovic is forty one. Correct myself. He's actually forty. So sorry, Jan. I gave you an extra year. My bad didn't mean to do that. Uh, Real quick, number two, do we mind before I make my pick, if we just take a journey outside of the realm of reality, and we just maybe walk amble over to conspiracy corner real quick? Is that okay? I mean, why not? (laughs) All right, let's just journey to conspiracy corner really quickly here. There is something very odd between Izzy and Alex, right? Like, I think we can all acknowledge this. like whatever that rivalry is is a very unusual rivalry it's not one that we see very commonly in M- in mma and combat sports whatever one man and one or two i should say two men having a rivalry like they did in kickboxing and then for that to transcend over to a different sport and one man to essentially chase the other uh into that sport and then do it all over to him again and then it comes back around and we saw the last fight between izzy and alex and it it meets sort of that that when when that fight when that knockout happened, that Izzy knockout of Alex, it did not feel like it finished the story to any degree. It felt like that was the the, the 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 sort of the Empire Strikes Back of their saga, that it was setting up some epic final conclusion where now each man has gotten the better of the other. Combat Sports is a very weird space throughout history, right? Like, I feel like there's a lot of mysticism and just just bizarre energies at work within combat sports at times to lead people into certain places, to bring certain fights together, that sort of thing. Certain people are just drawn towards each other. And I think Alex and Izzy are just drawn towards each other in a way that is very unexplainable. And I just really haven't seen replicated in this era, at least. And to me, again, this is John, their story is not done. And we've already seen it set up where the idea of Alex becoming the 205 champion, and then that setting up this epic final chapter with Izzy, that's out there in the ether. That is now the, the easiest. Set. That's the way that this next fight would happen. It would be Alex getting that title and him going back up to for some ultimate destiny type of stuff. I'm just throwing that out there, that if the MMA gods and the blood gods and all these people were conspiring to put together the best story possible with one of the craziest rivalries we've ever seen, it would be this way. It would be for Alex to come in here Sean Strickland the hell out of uh, Jan Blakovic and then just go in and win this title and set up probably the most incredible anticipated wildest trilogy match that we have ever seen between Izzy and Alex, two people who just cannot seem to get away from each other, even at the airport, even like no matter where they are, they're just going to keep running into each other. Their story is not done. And I just I just see that floating out there. I, could, I just see a world where we are careening towards something just incredible that we just ha- cannot even fathom yet, and, and maybe this plays a part of it. Just throwing it out there. That is not based in any reality. That is just based, again, in the mysticism of the fight game, but it feels like if it was going to happen, it would happen in this setup. Um, so you're picking Alex that. Pereira. Well, I say all that to say I'm picking Jan because I do think he's going to wreck the I think he's, you know, I think he's been pretty clear. Like if you can read between the lines of his interviews that like, he's going to, he's going to do whatever it takes to get that title shot. He sees that he's 40. He like, this is the last chance for him to sort of reclaim the belt. He was so close against San I think he'd be insane to want to go out there and fight alex at the like one of the best kickboxes in the world in a kickboxing match because as ak said alex has the death touch in a way that few others do uh i could see this being a very grinding fight a very frustrating fight for people who are hoping for entertainment if izzy can out wrestle alex which we've seen he can then i'm certain that yamba kobas can out wrestle alex And I think he'd just be insane to not try to do that. So I see Yalbakovic winning a a unanimous decision that maybe leaves us cold and a little frustrated. But again, Conspiracy Corner is out there.
3: I wouldn't be shocked if we see something crazy from Alex. Tune in next week for Sean's Conspiracy Corner. AK, are you with Shaheen? Uh
5: yeah, I've got, I've got, uh, I've got Jan grinding out a decision. Not even say grinding out. I think he'll, I think he'll have some offense in the ground too. I don't think it's just gonna be take him down and smother. I think uh, we we are gonna have to see some ground defense from Pereira just to avoid getting finished. Because I think Jan will get him down. I think he's gonna land ground and pound. Uh, I don't know if he's gonna risk position to go for submission attempts. I do think it'll be more control and strikes. Um, and then uh, and uh, there might be some moments where we feel like he's gonna be able to put Pereira away. But Pereira, I think, is super tough again he trains with Glover he's got he's you know he's I think he's gonna have better defense than we think just not enough to avoid um being put in his back over and over again so I should note though I it is well documented I am the worst person in the world of picking Jan Blachovitz fights I think in his last whatever seven eight nine ten fights I picked maybe one or two correctly uh I was I thought he'd beat ankolaev I was wrong I mean it was a draw but still I was wrong uh Rakic I picked Rakic to beat him uh wrong glover chair i'm pretty sure i picked him to beat glover wrong I, p- I picked izzy to beat him wrong and so on and so forth you can keep going down name any That's any impressive. of his recent fights so i say Jan Vlahovic, which probably means and that is my official pick i'm not changing my pick but i'm telling you guys out there if you are if you are betters uh you probably want to go like based on that panetta first round knockout or something because i have no gauge for Jan Blachowicz fights i keep picking him wrong whether it's for him or against him i never have a feel for it uh my brain tells me grapple your way to a win, Jan," and that's what's going to happen but these uh you know these these things always just play out so differently and we're talking about a guy like pareda who just can take you out at any moment uh a a, a knockout one for him wouldn't shock a single soul
3: look look my friends i like to throw my gut instincts from time to time and sometimes i'm totally wrong but sometimes i'm right and If there's one thing, look, if the UFC does something not well, we are going to tell you about it. But if they do something very well, we're also going to tell you about it. The UFC matchmakers have matchmade Alex Pereira to perfection. Like, they have seen things that, that they just know how to book this guy and set up what they want. Now, do I think that this, will it eventually lead to an Adesanya trilogy at 205? Certainly. Is it going to happen within the next year? Probably not. Izzy's got things to do with DDP. Pereira would still have to beat Yuri or whoever he fights for the title. There is a part of me, I mean, and I think, I don't think this is far-fetched. The UFC wants Alex Pereira to win this fight. 1,000%. They want to do Alex Pereira versus Yuri Prohashka and eventually get to the place that Shaheen took us to. I know there's a lot of talk about year-end awards and fight of the years and things like that. And we're very confident that Dustin Poirier versus Justin Gaethje two is going to make the fight of the year list. I am also quite confident that Alex Pereira versus Jan Blachowicz will be nowhere near this list. However, there is going to be another award that this fight is going to lead to. It is the knockout of the year. It is going to come from the flying knee of Alex Pereira Ooh. to Jan Blachowicz in round two. It is going, we are going, I, I'm telling you, I've, I've already envisioned this. GC and I are on the watch party. We're on set. We're watching the first round and we're feeling like, oh, this is going to be 15 minutes of this. Jan gets a takedown, lands a couple leg kicks, gets a takedown, four minutes of control time. Second round starts. Blachowicz has a little success, gets a takedown. But then all of a sudden, Alex Pereira gets up to his feet and we're like, all right, maybe we got something cooking. Bohovic is going to get a little frustrated by that. And then he's going to shoot again, and he is going to run into just a ferocious knee from Alex Pereira right down the middle. Boom. Night, night, yawn. Alex Pereira wins in spectacular fashion. And we'll be on the knockout of the year list at the end of the year. So I'm going Alex Pereira. I think, I don't know if we're taking the direct journey to conspiracy corner, but uh, I think Alex Pereira is going to win. I'm not confident, but that's what my gut's telling me. And I and I'm painting the picture that my gut is telling me. There you go. Alex Pereira gets love it, done. it. My I best love friend. It. I love it.
4: I yeah. not often you hear people calling the knockout
3: of the year beforehand. If this happens, Mike, I need some lottery numbers from you. I don't know if it will be the knockout of the year, but I I am saying it's gonna be in the top five. We will be mentioning this fight on that on this list for sure. Uh, we mentioned Steven Thompson, Michelle Pereira. We don't know what the hell is happening with that fight. We probably won't know until we get ceremonial weigh-ins. John Anik said at some point during the official weigh-ins that we might have to wait till like the afternoon to figure out what the hell is going on with this fight. So stay tuned for that. Got a feel for Wonderboy Thompson. He's been in this position before. A lot of people thought he beat Darren Till, lost a pretty rotten decision, if we're being honest, and put him in a tough spot. Now with his title hopes dangling by a thread he might have to fight Michelle Pereira and missed weight by three pounds. A much younger, very athletic Michelle Pereira who didn't have to cut the full weight. So we'll see what happens there. Obviously, stay tuned to MMAfighting.com. We'll let you know. Main card opens with Michael Chiesa, Kevin Hall, another fascinating fight. Michael Chiesa coming back after a long layoff. But Shaheen, I was going to mention what other fight intrigues you the most. So the one fight I did not mention on this main card, I feel like you're going to go to Tony Ferguson, five-fight losing streak, taking on Bobby Green, as Tony does, Shaheen, as he typically does, no matter how many fights he's lost, Tony knows how to make fight week very interesting, and he knows how to turn attention upon himself. Dude's pulling out knives during his, <laughs> <laughs> during, his during his scrum at media day. Him and Bobby Green got after it at the presser, had a fiery face-off. Tony Ferguson is making us believe that not only will he win this fight, but he will go on a legendary run that will get him back to a title, Shaheen. Does it begin here? Does the resurgence, do you believe this man? Does the resurgence of Tony Ferguson begin tomorrow night in Salt Lake City?
4: Did I just hear Mike Heck hop back on the Tony Ferguson bandwagon? Are, are you are you back with us, brother? There's only me left. I'm the only person left on the train. I am, I am taking all comers. Tickets are free, you can get two for one. Uh, I hope that, like, whatever this is over, you know, and, and maybe a bit, maybe it's over soon. It's probably over soon. I hope that Tony Ferguson is still allowed to come to media days on random pay-per-view cards. Just, like, once every, like, three months, four months. Let him just come and do a media day scrum. It can be about whatever. We can just ask him about whatever. Just because that man is so interesting. Like, he has the most fun media day scrums we're talking about tracking bears we're talking we're bringing out knives none of this <laughs> makes any sense uh, he's, he's so the Bears saluted him on the way out like what do we I, I love it I love this man so much he, he's so one of a kind he's so unique um is this the start of a, a title run no I mean we all know it's not like we know what this story is uh it's it pains me to say it's uh it saddens me sort of where we've gotten to with Tony I mean There was a long, long stretch during this man's prime where he was at worst the second best lightweight in the world, 12 fights in a row in the hardest damn division of the entire sport, and he didn't even get a fucking title shot to any real degree. He got an interim title shot. He did not ever even get a real shot at the real belt despite being one of the damn best in the world and the best damn division in the world for as long as he was. And also, by the way, just an incredible action fighter throughout that entire time, an incredible interview throughout that entire time. Just the, the, this once-in-a-lifetime combination of politics and just the, the Connor effect and just bad management during certain ports in his career, all of it just really... And also bad luck, right? The cord, the injuries, the Habib stuff, all of it just coalesced to make this man one of, in my opinion, the most tragic figures of this era uh, of mixed martial arts fighting, just in terms of how the, his career played out. I think if you play it out 10 different ways, this is probably one of the worst ways it could have played out, right? Like, there, what In what other world would this person not get at least one shot at the real lightweight title at any point during this incredible run that he had? It sucks. It sucks that we reached this point. He's not going to win five fights in a row and win the title. Like that's just what it is. Um, you know, I'm glad he got his big shot with Nate Diaz, the big payday that that fight entailed, uh, being able to sort of negotiate last second and, and really be, get sort of the big payday that he kind of didn't get throughout his entire career. Um, I will say though, I mean, it feels as if if ever there is a time for the MMA gods to give us one right like we've seen we just saw in our last pay-per-view Robbie Lawler walk away greatest retirement in MMA history easily it was a magical moment we were on the post fight show all of us were like crying talking about whatever like not really crying but like we it was it was a really emotional night it was a really emotional scene for what happened with Robbie Lawler if ever there was a time for that to be duplicated right like can we just look back on July of 2023 as just one of the the one month out of forever where the mma gods just finally gave us what we deserve gave us the legend send-offs that we deserve rather than show couldn't just getting sparked out by a man that no one's going to remember 10 years from now who who dances over his fallen body like can we get a tony ferguson moment can we get a throwback to blades and shades just doing something crazy getting some sort of crazy result a crazy knockout crazy darst choke whatever on bobby green cutting a cool promo and then walking away in the cage and and having a very cool retirement rather than continuing this i doubt we can i think if tony wins he's probably going to just try to keep chasing the stream in my mind though it would be really cool if that's the way all this ended uh but you know i there's a weird sense of like i'm sure you guys feel too like looming what dread over tony fights now right like am i alone in that it feels like almost like you, you you just you you're expecting the worst hoping for the best but also like just don't get hurt much more man like he, we've seen him take so much damage at this point
2: again, Shaheen
5: again, I'm I'm not, I'm not hoping for the best anymore that's the problem I've I've given up hope I've given up hope uh real Prince of Positivity talk here by the way um you're I, still I not hoping for the out.
0: best you've given up try- come on I, man.
5: I only expect the worst now I I don't know where it was i i was trying to figure it out with uh casey earlier today i think it was after i want to say it was after the dariush fight because i think i picked him to beat dariush so i think it was after that fight that i was like i i just can't pick this guy anymore i'm not gonna i'm not gonna pick this guy to win fights anymore not that we don't see flashes of his former self not that he's still a tough guy i mean listen he went the distance with Oliveira, went when distance with dariush didn't look didn't really get to do much offensively in either of those fights um but you know at least he didn't get finished and then wins around from Chandler like I get it I see I see the flashes I know why there's still I understand why there's still hope but I'm also seeing I still I can't overlook the results and even though he's losing to top guys which is one of the reasons why I had him contentiously kind of ranked in my top 15 for so long um it's I had to accept you guys kind of talked to me this that there's still losses there's still something there that's missing that's preventing from winning fights I love this matchup I think the Bobby Green matchup is amazing it's so smart not 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 even just because uh i i'm picking him to beat bobby green or anything but because i expect it to be an entertaining fight those flashes that i mentioned i think you'll see a lot of those win or lose you'll see a lot of those against bobby green and i think if we lose to Bobby green as long as he's not knocked out cold which is possible uh i think even loses to Bobby green it'll be, still be palatable to us i think we'll still be like okay i'm not like i and when i say we i'm talking about general people not necessarily myself because I'm ready for Tony to retire at any moment, quite frankly, for his own health, for his legacy. If you care about that, if you care about fighters, you know, sticking around too long. Um, both those reasons are good reasons why I'm kind of okay with not seeing Tony Ferguson fight anymore. I know we love his fight weeks. I know we love, um, again, still those flashes of the old El Khoui. It's uh, it's just further and farther between these days, and and again, the end of the results is just, is so unappealing. So, love the matchup. I think it was the right way to go. I just one I can't pick him to win and two I'm really if he loses again on Saturday I am really curious um how much longer he's going to want to go on so Prince of positivity here guys this is how I feel about the latest Tony Ferguson fight I, I don't know what to tell you I probably don't don't maybe don't ask me about Tony Ferguson fights anymore
3: <laughs> this is a winnable fight for Tony he can it is. win it, it like, on paper it totally is it totally like, is what is a winnable
4: fight for him anymore because i thought nate diaz was a winnable fight for me so i thought that's me too i thought that was, thought that was a little fight in. as well
5: i thought like, vinil darius was a winnable fight so I, this is why i can't i can't go there anymore i just cannot go there with tony anymore
3: this is honestly like if this fight was in new york or las vegas or anaheim i would pick bobby green pretty handily this is a fight where I actually think the altitude could help Tony Ferguson cuz that dude if, if if there's one thing that this man hasn't lost it's his ability to just go and go and go. So he may not be the best fighter in the world, but if Tony comes out and puts on a pace like real quick and at least is somewhat competitive with Bobby Green, the longer this fight goes, there's a really good chance this favors Tony Ferguson, especially down the stretch. Cuz Tony's a cardio machine. I'm not saying Bobby Green's just got a gas, but there's a chance, and let's let's be clear, and I saw Aaron Bronsetter talk about this in a video that he posted. Scoring Bobby Green fights is not easy. We've seen a lot of splitties in Bobby Green fights, whether we felt like, oh, Bobby won 30-27 or Bobby won 29-28. Turns out to be a splitty on the other end. And we just, the judges seem to see things in Bobby Green fights or miss things that we see watching it on the broadcast. So it is not out of the realm of possibility that Tony can drag this on and turn this into just a cardio-based, crazy-ass fight. I don't know if I'm going to be confident enough to pick him, but there is a path to victory for Tony Ferguson. If we get the wild, high-paced Tony Ferguson, he doesn't have to be a great fighter. He just needs to last longer than Bobby Green, and there's a chance that happens in this fight, especially with altitude, which will affect most of these fights on this card. So we'll see what happens there. Before we go to the peeps, we have a new mythical creature, Shaheen Al Shadi. We have a new mythical fighter, A fighter who now has a new nickname, the six-pack beast, Derek Lewis. The dude promised a six-pack, and geez he gave us one. Dude shows up at the weigh-ins looking fit. Dude's got a six-pack, he's in shape. This dude was passing out before he stepped on the scale The fight fights gets to be back, thought he died. And then he shows up and he fulfills his promise. We all thought he was talking out of his ass. There's no way he's going to show up. Maybe he'll paint them on or something. Dude looks good. This is the best you've ever seen Derek Lewis look, Shaheen. Do you feel he's another guy who needs a win really bad on this one, and if he loses to Marcus Raziri to Lima, this will be by far the worst loss of his career. Do you, do you have a different kind of confidence in Derek Lewis after seeing what he looked like on the scale today?
4: I mean, he's only 38 years old, Mike Keck. He's in the prime of his heavyweight career, baby. He's oh. making his title run. <laughs> no, I don't know. I mean, I, I I hope this isn't too little too late right because that was the thing we've always been saying with Derek from from jump of just like if he could sort of get in a little better shape maybe he would he would be an actual title like competitor like he would be a threat to win that title I hope he just didn't do it too late uh I do think this is a fight he can win though I mean it it, the the old Derek Lewis would win this fight 100 percent of the time the current version of Derek Lewis I still feel like wins this fight seven out of 10 like he oh look at that Casey clutch dude it's good, man. He looks Light good. heavyweight Derek Lewis, maybe, in the future? Look at this guy. There was a video circulating on, on Twitter this past, or X. I guess we have to call it X now. Oh. You don't have
5: to do that. I call it. So I, I call Twitter. I'll call Twitter so... all I want.
4: <laughs> Take that, Elon. It's still, Twitter. It's, still uh... Twitter.
5: it's still Twitter.com. It's still Twitter.com. So what's a- he going to do about AK it? AK versus
4: Elon. Give the people the fight they really deserve. 10-6, AK. AK's got <laughs> that dog in him. Uh, no, there's a video circulated on Twitter. Oh, I know what Case is about to do. Uh, there's a video circulated on Twitter this week of like Derek Lewis's only submission win. Which, if you've ever seen this, it's like an incredibly svelte, like ripped up, skinny Derek Lewis. Like, where was that? Like, I, that's almost like what this reminds me of. But. I don't know, man. I think Derek is, good, is going to pull this out. I, I don't think he's a threat at this point where, where the heavyweight division has gotten to, right? With guys like Tom Aspinall, Pavlovich, Jailson Almeida, John Jones. Like all, This is a heavyweight division that is not your, your father's heavyweight division. Like These are real all-around just athletic beasts out here. Uh, I don't think that Derek's able to compete with that at this point in his career, but I do think this is a little bit a renaissance, a little vintage moment that we can get from him. It, it, it's a very uh, advantageous style matchup, and I, if I can get... One more Derek Lewis knockout and one more Derek Lewis. I'm just going to kind of stand up because I'm sick of being on the bottom. Moment out of Saturday. It's a great night.
3: Yep. Can't wait to see uh, how, how it looks. I, I, I think do Derek, it, Lewis I probably... do it. Derek Lewis is probably... You're not going to pick it. Derek Lewis? I'm not sold on the
5: abs. I'm not sold the abs. The one thing I do like is... Shaheen's right is this is not a spring chicken heavyweight they're throwing at him uh, I think they're almost the same age I think it's like a couple of months or something separating them so uh has been around for a long time uh so that that does give me some hope that does give me some and, and yeah on paper like if this matchup had been made a like a six months ago or maybe before even before the spitback fight you know what let's say if it was just a two fight losing streak, Derek Lewis I probably would very comfortably be picking um Derek Lewis to win it but I I just didn't like what I saw in the spitback fight like that was a classic if people can see my prediction for that fight that was a classic i thought we would that we would we would have the derrick lewis just stand up and not get submitted thing but he got taken out in a round. and around and Spivak's good Not it's not taking away from Spivak. Spivak is, is a legitimate like top 15 heavyweight he is good but uh now i'm 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 with i'm where i'm i'm at the same place with Derek lewis that i am with tony ferguson i'm like i just i've lost so much faith so much confidence i really am i know it's terrible it's terrible I'm, I'm a terrible person i'm a terrible person so i can't pick any of these guys i can't pick any of these guys oh i'm not looking at this oh, all right well I,
0: I i'm i'm okay i'm, I'm just, looking i was, now.
5: i because i'm reading things on my screen you
4: thought we time. were laughing at him not, i'm or, in or, no not yes
5: i'm listen i'm in this is okay I, this is someone has me and them this is okay. I would love to see someone say they've got the <laughs> AK in them. Then I'd be like, yeah, that's uh, cool. That's an original thing to say. Uh, but, oh, look at the, look at, where is he? Oh, oh, he's, I mean, this guy's a little cutie. I don't oh know my gosh. this guy, this guy's a little cutie. All right, we are, um, we are
3: off, we are getting off the rails here in a, in I'm a just huge saying. way the prince uh, of negativity over there may not be I, I I don't know what's like, going like, on. Disney manifested
4: guys. DDP. I am manifesting I vintage performances from El Kikui and the Black Beast. We got Wow, pazal by knockout.
3: <laughs> okay. Uh <laughs> let's bring let's bring Casey in. We'll take a couple of questions. Uh we'll have the people's pre-fight show tomorrow so we'll take a whole bunch more. Uh but we've been going for well over an hour here so we'll take a couple. Let's throw out a couple. All
2: right. All
3: right. And uh and we'll get on out of here.
2: Uh do, 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 do. <laughs> oh. That's
3: on Jan's cowboy hat. Yeah, we kind of talked about that. He tapped <laughs> oh, yeah. into his inner uh Brock Lesnar WWE. What a great gimmick.
5: Like what a great refreshing gimmick change. Like, you know, this is this is combat sports, this is sports entertainment. You've got to refresh your character every now and then. And th- I would not have predicted cowboy Jan Cowboy Black I don't know why. It's just not an aesthetic I would have thought he would have taken on. And I'm seeing it this week and I'm like it just kind of fits. It's just it kind of a nice, it. it looks real good. I, it's just kind of a nice look for him. So kudo, like big thoughts on youngs 10 out of 10. I love, I love cowboy, uh, Blakovich.
3: Are there any up and coming Austin's coming for the throne?
5: <laughs> I was prepared for this question guys. <laughs> oh, we've let's got uh, Justin Taffa. We got about Justin Taffa. Uh, yeah. Just... Uh, Heavyweight. I okay. Uh, Dustin Jacoby not really up and coming a veteran obviously but uh, you know a guy who's doing good things in the UFC now no no okay uh Dustin Stoltzfus I don't think he's gonna be in the he might not be in the UFC anymore he's one in four in the UFC so far and uh Austin Lingo if you count Austin does is that because does that fit in there is there a-
4: Austin's fit Austin's fit Austin Hubbard
5: 31 thing. everyone's talking about it just won a banger of a fight on Alter if Just made to the finals so Austin Hubbard kind of coming back but uh, I feel like I'm, I'm sorry that was those UFC names I, I apologize to other promotions um,
3: uh Joshua after Justin versus Dustin and arrow versus bud what fight is more likely to end with the people rioting in the streets
4: what would cause a riot for either i guess uh, to me only a bad decision would cause a riot right but so i don't Aral know if like arrow versus Bud then probably it's it's the but... boxing fight for sure <laughs> yeah, yeah.
3: yeah it's the boxing yeah. fight for sure yeah. will there be some backlash of like the way i see justin dustin going down where it's like a really close split decision and a lot of people feel like justin won yeah but i don't think we'll get rioting in the streets i think we'll it'll be more like holy shit, what a fight more than mm, maybe Justin got robbed, but yeah, if Errol versus Bud goes like if Errol, everyone's like ah eight four Errol, and then Bud wins the decision, yeah, yeah that it's definitely that. It's definitely
4: because the stakes are just so more much more immense, right? Like that's for number one pound for pound the whole damn sport. We just saw that with, with Alex and Islam and the controversial decision decision from there. Like when you have a controversial decision in a fight of that magnitude, like
3: especially yeah. boxing,
2: a fight that's been built up for years too
3: yeah 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 did I miss the low-key banger all right let's I, oh. I I knew someone was gonna ask it so I didn't ask it because we had already gone so far what's what's the low-key banger of UFC 291 Shaheen
4: oh man um I mean it's hard for me to not default to the bond Fame Giles fight that sort of headlines the prelim car I think that's just a really fun action fight although you know there's been a lot of uh, crapping on the Jake Matthews train <laughs> that a few of us may have jumped on at various points in our lives on this MMA uh-huh, fighting uh-huh. YouTube channel and podcast network. And I do not appreciate it because there was a Jake Matthews moment and we were all part of it. So I'm picking the Jake Matthews fight. I still believe. Man, still like what? Like 26? How young is that dude? It's crazy how young he is. Yeah, he's 28. Like he's
3: 28. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. AK?
5: I love the Matthew Semelsberger Euros by each fight. When, I, when this fight was put together, I was super excited about it. Uh Medic, I don't think, ever goes to a decision. Yeah, he's not gone to a decision in his brief career. And uh Selmsberger has gone to a few decisions, but he has the potential for fast knockouts. So I see that one going somewhere in between. I think it'll be a banger for one round and then someone puts the other guy away in the second round. Very, very excited for that matchup. Um and definitely, definitely way under the radar. The
2: flyaway not- fight's gonna be fun.
3: Go ahead, Casey. I think I'm, I already on, know what you're going
2: to pick. Yeah, I'm on, no, I, no, I'm actually going Matthew's uh, Flowers too, mostly because uh, me and AK decided Darius Flowers sounds like an NXT wrestler. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that.
3: Yeah. AI-generated name.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
3: So, yeah. I mean, look, that fight is going to be insane because Darius Flowers is, like, we use get or get got. Darius Flowers is maybe the king of get or get got. Like he just goes out and it's just one speed. I'm going to get you out of there as fast as I can. And if I can't get you out of there, I'm probably getting finished in the second round. Uh, And he's coming in on short notice with a lot to prove. So yeah, I think uh, either Darius is going to knock Jake Matthews out in an insane moment, like two minutes into the fight, or Jake's going to like submit him in late in the first or early second. But that'll be a wild, like four to six minutes of fighting. But I think the flyaway fights can going to be really good. Well, the catch weight fight since right. somebody, missed, since Salvador missed weight. So, but Vergara is super fun. That dude knows how to weather a storm, and Salvador is just a, that dude just finishes fights like crazy. So that'll be fun. There's a lot of like, there's a lot of fun ones from a bet. Like, I'm glad I don't bet on MMA because there's, yeah. <laughs> I, outside of like just picking some dogs with some value, there's just not a lot of like confident picks here, honestly. Like, even Semmelsberger, Juris Medic, like, you feel like the way Semmelberg has looked and Medich taking on short notes, like Medich is really good. Like he's a really good technical striker and could give Semmelbürger some problems. So like, there's a lot of, yeah. I kind of feel for the betters out there. You're gonna be sweating a lot. Like GC is gonna be a sweaty mess during the watch party at one more <laughs> Zoom. So,
2: yeah. You should have a you should you should have a heart rate monitor on. GC during oh, the that's a great uh, idea during the uh, watch party.
4: <laughs> that's a great idea. If we could figure out how to work that.
5: That'd be <laughs> uh, just quickly, I want to say a lot of people are asking: Is Michelle Pareda and Wonder Boy still on? We don't know. There's been no update, and we've heard it's going to take a, probably take a while to figure out. I wouldn't be surprised if you didn't learn until the uh, ceremonial weigh-ins later tonight. I wouldn't be surprised if it didn't, if it didn't come out till then. Yeah.
3: yeah, craziness, man. And I get where Wonder Boy's coming it's from. A it's a mess. Yeah, I get
2: Definitely.
3: where Wonder Boy's coming from.
2: Okay. F- 40 years old for Wonder Boy, if he takes a bad loss or even a loss, uh, any loss, actually. Uh, I mean, yeah, what's next? It's, it's I mean
3: he's he's still 40. in play. He's honestly still in play for the belt right now, despite the bad losses yes. to to Bilal and Gilbert. Like he's not like if he wins this fight, he's not getting a title shot. But I mean, he's literally on his last leg of ever getting back there. Like he can't lose again. Like he's in Ric Flair. Before Shawn Michaels said, I'm sorry, I love you, and kicked him in the face territory. Like, he loses again. He's not fighting for a title. So he's got to be careful. He's got he's to be careful. He's already been down this route before. It's tough, man. It's a tough spot. Another is person. He, who-
4: is he before. the most youthful 40 year old, both looks and personality wise, you've ever seen? Because, I mean, <laughs> other than Casey, who obviously <laughs> answered the answer here, like, I don't even know who else I would throw in there. Like, he, the fact that Wonderboy's 40 is bizarre to me
3: oddly enough wonder boy was born a day before me there we go same one day one whole day yeah one whole day he's february 11th 83 I'm february 12th 83 damn Dang, I'm I'm sorry i didn't right. throw you
4: in the mix mike i, I assume you're just yeah. 32, 32 33 years old
5: well you wouldn't know like he, looked up, he, he looked he looks he doesn't look a day over 29 yeah, yeah. that's what i'm saying you wouldn't have guessed that he's yeah. 40
4: except for this
3: I lost that. I was, that's I was bald game. at 22. I, I can't count. That. <laughs> uh, must winish fight for Michael Chiesa against nah. Kevin Han. No. Nah. Yeah. You don't think yeah. so? Yeah. That's nah. yeah, all right. Mike, Mike's, <laughs>
4: that's all right. Mike's not like fighting for contending for titles. If he loses this fight, man, like that's the reality of it.
5: Well, I mean, what does must so that, Oh, it means must win as far as, just talking about, t- I thought it's like a career thing. Like, is he gonna? They're not gonna cut consider- him.
2: No, won't
3: they won't cut him if he loses. I don't
5: think he's, he's gonna retire or anything either. I don't think. I don't think it's a must win.
2: Is he out of the? It, if he loses, are we gonna consider Michael Chiesa just a good welterweight or? Right now, he's, I don't know where we where do we, where do we consider Michael Chiesa right now. Anyway, I'm not even sure to be honest. He's well, he still, he he's
5: ranked. missed so much time. Yeah, he, yeah. he wouldn't be he's ranked in ours. Yeah, because just he to miss time.
4: Yeah, he's he's um, already out of our rankings for inactivity. Like,
5: but he, he would be. I, he would be top fifteen. I think uh, if he we were to if he were eligible, because I mean Neil Magny. Uh, I'd say RDN he wins big going.
2: tomorrow. He wins, but he dominates Kevin Holland, submits him in the no. second round. Like yeah. Where would you put? Like, would you think Kies has got a title run in him if a big win tomorrow? I still i
5: he, i like Michael Kiesa so much. I just don't. Think I don't I don't I don't think he ever makes it to a title fight. Maybe that's why I'm not so bullish on this whole do or die thing. Like I think because I think even if he wins, I don't think it's like it puts him that much closer. It keeps it keeps it alive, obviously. But I don't I don't think it's like oh man, Michael Chiesa is definitely going to get his on the way to a title shot with a win. I'm like I I don't see that because
2: he did the big gatekeeper win. You know he beat he beat No Magny. That means okay you're you're a top ten guy if you beat No Magny. No that was like
3: almost three years ago. It's he. He becomes. I know. I mean, like, I'm
2: like. Kind of, it's a mystery. I don't really know. I'm if, kind of asking. If, I, don't, honestly, Mag,
3: I don't. If if magni if we talked about the Dalton line last week because we talked mm-hmm. about that a heck of If Neil Magni is the welterweight, like emphasis or the welterweight layer for the Dalton line, Michael Chiesa is like one B. So it's either with these up and coming welterweights. Like if he loses, it's either. All right, this guy's on a six-fight winning streak. Let's throw him in there with Neil Magny. Oh, we can't. Neil's fighting this dude. All right, we'll throw him in there with Kiesa then. Like, they just... They're kind of intertwined in that, in that respect. Like, that's what Kiesa sort of becomes. Kiesa's still a name. He's got some good wins. He's main evented cards. That dude has... it. He submitted Benil Dariush. He submitted Benil Dariush. Like, people forget that. That is... That was insane. That was insane. And, and especially... Learning what Kiesa was going through about before he's getting out to the fight had uh things were things could have got real messy in the octagon with with some stomach issues he was having heading into that fight. <laughs> like he's talked about it. Dude going out there submitting banal Arush is no joke. Like Kiesa's still got some some legs to him. Seems like he's in a good head place. That dude's future is so bright once his fighting oh, career is over. Great broadcaster. But he's yeah, he's a great analyst. He's he's so good. This is a very I mean yeah, I mean, I to be honest, like, yeah, I don't think it's like must must win. There's still play. There's still a place in this roster for Michael Chiesa, even if he loses.
4: I think honestly, whether he wins or loses, his next fight is probably like in the Jack Della Maddalena range or like an Ian Gary. I know Gary's already mashed up, but like he's probably getting one of those up and comers. Right. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. sort of their test.
3: Right. Yeah, I feel like the winner of this fight's gonna get JDM. If Kevin Holland wins, they're definitely gonna do that fight. Yeah, because that's all like like Kevin just kept talking about him at media day and. They almost like Kevin wanted that fight when when Sean Brady fell out, and they went with Josiah Harrell. Like, yeah, that's kind of. I feel like the winner of this fight gets the JDM treatment. Uh, besides okay. Habib, what's the greatest? What's the greatest Tony fight we never saw? Shaheen, I feel Connor. like you're the perfect.
4: It's Connor. It's Connor. It should have been Connor. He had the interim title when Connor had the real title. They were just in the same management and the whole thing. Connor would have never come back to fight him. But like the way you look at the, you look at the way those two dudes fought, especially back then when that would have happened, all action all the time, similar to a Poirier, similar to a Gaethje. Like that would have just been utter chaos. And I would have just loved to see the press conference, the press conference with Tony and Connor, both still in their primes, maybe Connor past prime, but Tony's still in his prime. That we would still be quoting that. It's such a shame the way that this man's like best years were handled. It really is.
5: Uh, My best friend, you know, I'm about to do something bad here. You know, you're gonna (laughs) lot. You know, I'm about to do something. I I got a mischievous look on my face. You know, I'm about to do something bad. What are you gonna do? Well, first of all, I shouldn't even answer it with this because this could still happen and should. Patty (laughs) Pimblet. where is tony ferguson versus patty Fimmel? this is the fight to make this was the fight to make it's still out and it could still happen even win or lose tony ferguson he can still fight patty film this is the way to go it's a name opponent for patty i think it's a winnable fight for patty it's certainly a winnable fight for tony ferguson so i mean i shouldn't even again it's it's not in the realm of never because both these guys are still active both in the ufc roster tony says he's not going anywhere anytime soon so fingers crossed i still get my one of my favorite. onto the next one. Picks that I've I've ever made. People are talking about it because we made them talk about it. But still,
3: still counts. Connor's a good one. Pimblett's terrible one. Um, <laughs> what that? What Woodley. Das, Woodley also De, great. Desaporia.
4: No, Tony wasn't a Desaporia. Be a good one. Deciporia no, no, but I. One. We, there
5: was there was this period though where like where I think Tony was talking about moving. Oh, we thought to, Tony should move up because like you know he was
3: going to fight jing up. Leon.
5: Yeah, oh, that's right. That was a thing too. Yeah, I would. That's why I always thought him and Woodley would have been interesting. But I mean, obviously, Woodley's, you know, they're doing his own thing now. But so I, I would throw that out there. I think that would have been fun to see.
2: You guys were talking a lot about Tony, you know, and his downfall and everything and and all that. Is it almost the worst thing for Tony's health if he wins tomorrow night? Because that means his next fight. I thought about he, the plot. Against, no, uh, yeah. You know what I'm saying?
4: Hmm. i've thought about this a lot um as much as oh i'm sorry my i think my internet's messing up oh no you're good you're good you're good i've thought about this a lot just because i think the way that tony speaks he's always been someone with such like like everyone has self-belief in themselves right in this game you you have to but like some people are pretty exceptional with the way that their self-belief sort of drives them and like tony's one of those guys like who he'll be he'll be 50 years old and think he could still make a title run (laughs) like that's just who he is I think you're right like I, I i would love for there to be a world where he does the robbie baller on saturday and just wants to go out on a win get something crazy goes out it's an emotional moment for everybody and we can move on but i i think there's a 90 percent chance that if he wins he's going to think that hey this is my moment to do a michael bisbing thing it's not over yet so i i think in the long run you're probably right
3: i also feel like the ufc Like, would they still put Tony in a position to put another name over? Sure. But I think the good news is a lot of those names that really scare the hell out of us are well beyond where Tony is right now. And while like a Grant Dawson type would get a nice rub from beating a guy like Tony Ferguson, it doesn't hold the same weight as it might have two years ago. So I kind of feel like the matchmaking here is sort of indicative of what we're going to get from Tony moving forward. Maybe we get... Jim Miller next or Tony Ferguson, Joe Lozon down the road or like something like that. Like these, I feel like that's the territory we're going. And if Tony like, you know, beats a Jim Miller UFC 300 and then like fights a Joe Lozon and wins that fight, maybe we're going to have to sort of protect him from himself. But I I still think the UFC sees value in Tony Ferguson, but not to the respect of like, we got to use his name to bolster up this guy on the come up who is just absolutely annihilating people. Like, I'm not saying it's out of the realm of possibility. I just don't think it's going to happen. Like, I don't think they're going to throw him in there with like Grant Dawson next. I don't think they're going to throw him in there with like Raphael Fazeev next if he wins a decision against Bobby Green. Could they do Jim Miller? I mean, who, like that's, that is a perfect fight for Jim Miller at UFC 300. Him and Tony Ferguson. Like just do that. Or him and Joe Lozon. Like they're still there's still juice left for the UFC to squeeze out of Tony Ferguson. But I think the UFC kind of sees like, what's the point? Like, is anyone going to be like, wow, Tony Ferguson's fighting Armin Sarukian next? No, they are going to be like, what the fuck are you doing? Why are you doing that? You know what I mean? I, I said, but there are I still fights right. for him. Yeah. I,
4: I hope you're right. I, I don't think they would throw him in against an Armin under any circumstances, but I do, I could very much see a smaller scale world of that where like, Tony wins and then gets like a Matt Frivola or a Jalen Turner or a Grant Dawson oh or something. God, that feels. That. That's what I'm saying. Like that feels very within reach of, of what we tend to get. I, I, circum- I can see Jalen
2: Turner Ferguson if he wins. I could see. We that could there. go yeah.
3: on the vet tour with Tony right now. Like there's Matt Brown, Jim Miller, yeah. Lozon still wants to do the damn thing. Like Clay hopefully they learn
2: to listen.
4: Hopefully they learn to listen from Robbie. Right. Like this is what people people don't want to see that. Like, people want to see their legends get treated well rather than just blasted over and over again. So, I mean, hopefully they learned a lesson from it. But I don't know. Yeah. Too much time Tony, in this sport teaches you not to expect good things.
3: Tony, yeah. We'll see Tony in Abu Dhabi fighting Ihor Poteria in a middleweight fight <laughs> this next one. Uh, <laughs> shout
5: out to uh, Liam Divine in the comments. Uh, how was Tony versus Miller Olozon a great fight, but Tony versus Patty Pimlet isn't. Thank you, Liam. Thank you. Asking the hard questions, asking the hard I questions. Don't I don't mind the patty fight, honestly. I know, because you're because
3: you're enlightened. I will say, I will say that <laughs> the more time has passed and where these two gentlemen are right now, yes. I hate it less.
0: Yes, I hate it less. I'll take it.
3: I'll take it. <laughs> that is like honestly, if there's if there is an up and comer in this division that they would feed. Ferguson to, it's probably Patty. It's not oh, Dawson, oh, Saruki, and her It's probably Patty.
5: Mm-hmm. You're damn right it is, my best friend. You're damn
4: right it is. I'm very I upset with what AK has done on this show today. I'm just saying. <laughs> but I, I, well, I'm If choosing... this fight ever gets I'm... booked, if this fight ever gets booked, I don't
2: know Otno's how I'm going to react canceled. in
3: real life. Otno's I don't know how I'm going to react. Canceled. You win Otno. There's no... <laughs> we'll never do it. There's no more Otno points to give. You would get enough. <laughs>
4: There you go. Uh, Vlad, Vlad in the comments with the right idea. Let's just hold out for Tony versus Derek Lewis and we can all. Okay.
3: <laughs> oh, there you go. Grappling hey. match. Let's go. Ooh, Why not? That'd awesome. That would be awesome. That would be incredible. That'd be incredible. All right. Do we have anything else? I think we're good.
4: We got good. You're, you're, this is the longest preview show ever.
3: <laughs> we talked for it's like 50 card. minutes about the main event and it was a good worth card. every second. Yeah, all, right. Good card. all right. good. We'll be back. We'll be back. Casey and I will be back 5:45 p.m. Eastern tomorrow, and then you can ask all the questions. That's all we're gonna do for 45 minutes, all the questions. So stay tuned for that. Watch party tomorrow, 9:45 p.m. Eastern. Myself, GC, Shaheen's gonna be there for the yeah. ozilhovich alex Pereira fight. We might have a we might have a little surprise for the main event. Still trying to finalize might happen if not you get new york rick and that's still a great surprise too and then ak and i on to the next one sunday morning 10 a.m eastern we'll post fight show jose's on site just stay with us we'll tell you everything that's going on Follow along on this adventure of ufc 291 so thank you all very much for ak for casey for shaheen Alshadi. i am mike Heck. thank you for watching get some sleep everybody we'll see you tomorrow one more sleep baby <laughs>
5: Good boy.
4: That's a good boy. <laughs> Love y'all.
3: You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network.
0: The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA.